Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Tuesday edition of All Marine Radio. We'll do our little Ops Intel thing. Uh, Grant should join me here in the next few minutes. Um, and then, uh, then the Mensa brothers will join me at the bottom of the hour. So uh, we'll take a look at the, uh, the news of the past 24 hours. If you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free send them to live dot radio at gmail.com yeah and uh, we can give you an opinion we can let you know what we know to the best of our to the best of our knowledge and uh Somebody sent me an email and said, so, Mac, what maps are you looking at? And stuff like that. Um, if you're looking for a map, um, I would tell you New York Times has one. Uh, you can go to their website and check it out. Entitled, Tracking the Russian Invasion of Ukraine. That's one of them. The BBC... Uh, has a page and you'll see you know a variety of maps there that you can uh, click on and you know the, the latest map they posted was you know where are the refugees going to go and so um, so let me get uh, let me get Grant on the line and uh, and we'll talk to him about the uh, events of the last 24 hours and uh, and uh, and then uh, Tim and and Jeff and Will will join me here at the bottom of the hour. So uh, we'll see if we can make this work. 
that's the wrong sound. That means there's no connection. But that means there is one. Yeah, hey, Grant speaking. And Grant's actually out and about um, as we speak, and he's uh, taking a little time to uh, join us this morning. So, Grant, appreciate you doing this. Sure, anytime. I've always got time for all marine radio. Exactly. And on all marine radio, we don't do a whole lot of other things except talk shit about the Marine Corps and talk to Marines. So uh, it's only fitting and appropriate that you do so. Um, talk to me. Um, the uh, Chinese, I think, ambassador or foreign minister. Um, uh, let me just let me just read this so I don't screw it up. Let's see. China's foreign minister calls his Ukraine counterpart, says deeply regret the Russia conflict, according to state media. So the Chinese are expressing regret. And so consistent with what you said, they'll say anything they need to say to steer through this. And expressing regret after, become, after being a Vladimir Putin's sponsor, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you call that. Hypocritical, uh, two-faced, uh, savvy politically. I don't know what the hell you call it, but uh, a little bit odd, but very much in keeping with uh, the way you educate us about the Chinese. Oh, totally dishonest. You know, that is the only way to consider what they are doing and what uh, what that guy just said. Um, they are they trying to, I don't think steer their way through it is the right uh, word for it. They're trying to take uh, advantage of it. And they're trying to make sure that they don't get uh, tarred with the same brush as the Russians. Uh, although um, they are glad to see what Putin's doing. Uh, they're supporting Putin. And you really have to just discount, not just discount, just discard everything the guy says. Um, one sort of thing to keep in mind uh, is that uh, the Chinese what uh, consul general in Osaka, Japan, uh, when this Ukraine business all started uh, last week, uh, he sent out a Twitter and he said, this is what happens when little countries provoke big countries. Uh, and it, that's basically what he said. And he, it, he wasn't talking just about Japan. He was talking about Taiwan. So that tells you everything you need to know about what the Chinese think, is that uh, they're on Russian side. They think uh, Ukraine uh, provoke the Russians. But So China backs the Russians, period. And they want to squeeze this for everything they can get out of it while still making it look like Oh, they're the responsible country. And so they want to fill in whatever voids are left uh, from this exclusion of the Russians from civilized society that's taking place. Um, you know, one interesting thing to keep in mind that uh, is that Russia owns, excuse me, China owns uh, farmland in Ukraine. And the it's a tract and it's about the size of the state of Massachusetts. That's just a huge, huge chunk of territory. Um, so, you know, they, they play every single side and then of a, of a conflict uh, if it's to their benefit. And what they're trying to do is to make sure that the, these American appeasers, the engagers who are now uh, engagers with China, uh, who are now just turning on Russia with a, you know, full venom, full wrath, uh, to make sure that they don't uh, turn on China as well as they should. Uh, so 
uh, that's a really long way of saying that, you know, whenever these guys talk, you know they're lying. What in the last 24 hours has gotten your attention uh, around the world? Oh, boy. Uh, well, back in Ukraine, one thing that got my attention was, you know, you kind of suspected it was going to happen, is that, and, you know, I could be wrong, but the, uh, you know, it seems like the, the Russians are kind of catching their breath, uh, figuring out sort of what happened. And I think they're probably going to steamroll uh, the Ukrainians. Uh, it'd just be my guess. You know, it's um, just just a feeling. But uh, one thing that really does strike me, though, is the uh, the extent to which uh, American business interests and officialdom have really just, and, and I say that, that a class that has appeased the Chinese forever, the way they've turned on the Russians and Putin in, in particular. And yeah, I heard, for example, that Disney is not going to release films in Russia. Well, you know, they release all sorts of things in China and they kowtow to the Chinese authorities. And I think they even um, express their appreciation to the Ministry of State Security uh, for their help in uh, securing things when Disney was filming, I think the film Mulan in uh, Xinjiang where they're uh, doing genocide against the uh, the Muslims. Uh, so, but it's that venom that y you see. And, you know, these seems that even there's small companies, there's, you know, businesses like pouring out vodka into the gutters and yeah. changing names of restaurants and stuff. And, and then little, I don't know, petty officials at lower levels saying we will do no business with Russian entities, companies, etc. And I'm told that something like this happened in World War One, you know, against people with German names. And it, uh, it's interesting to see it happen uh, again. And, but when you do have this kind of, I don't know, this uh, in really intense animosity towards uh, a country or a people, that you never quite know where it's going to end. And particularly what kind of reaction it just might provoke from a, a guy like uh, Putin. Uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter you know, when these guys get angry. Um, because they, you know, the, not guys like Putin, but you know, guys from little countries, they, you know, like, because there's not much they can do. Uh, but a guy like Putin has some some options. So I'm, it's, a, I don't know where this is going to, to actually end up. Uh, but the, that's something that got my attention was pouring gutter into the into the into the, um, the, the gutters, which is probably a good place for vodka. Uh, it ends up there anyway, but uh, so that got, those two things got my got my attention. When you look at the uh, the map uh, and the way the situation, um, and again, you know, I'm not sure where everybody's getting their information, but I'm looking for a map that was done by the UK's Ministry of Defense headquarters, and uh, and if you if you look and you know you you can see the attempt to encircle. Yeah, you know, Kiev, and then um, you see this massive, massive movement of Russian logistics uh, into the area, and so maybe calling it what an operational pause as they get their feet back underneath them uh, after maybe what phase one is 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 moving into the country and fighting through the initial forces and then getting towards uh, Kiev in particular. Um, you know, you, you don't have to read a whole lot of history in the region. You know, Stalingrad, right? Uh, Leningrad during World War II. I mean, those cities never fell. Uh, 
And so it is one thing to encircle. It's another thing to to try to take a city down with, with an armored force. Now, um, it appears, I mean, if he does what he has done throughout history, which is to stand outside the city and level it, right? And, and if you want to know why there's, you know, 40 miles worth of truck, a lot of those trucks are filled with artillery ammunition, okay? And so, um, <clears throat> but the world is, is unlike in years past, in Grozny and whatnot, um, the world is, is, is focused on this. Um, so I'm, I'll ask you an opinion question. Do you think <clears throat> that Russia, you know, begins to level Kiev? the way they have leveled, try to, you know, have leveled cities in the past. And this is what's going to bring them to their knees because truth be told, they don't have enough ass militarily to go in there, right? To go into those cities and and fight dismounted. They're just, I mean, 3 million people in Kiev. I mean, no way they don't have it. So how do you take down Kiev? And, uh, you know, do you think they'll, the world will watch as they level it? And uh, so what do you think? Oh, I think Putin's willing to flatten the place. Uh, Just be my sense. Uh, One thing that doesn't get a lot of attention, actually, is Putin's thinking. And it's, you know, I'm sure somewhere, somewhere people do. Uh, But he, as I understand it, and I've been told that he sees Kiev as having some spiritual significance for the, the Russian people, like real spiritual significance. And he's motivated, they some people say, by that belief. And I can't explain it very well, but I've heard people can explain it that way. And Kiev isn't just another city uh, for him. It's, um, you know, there's a lot more to it. And they say, some people say that Putin is a, a very religious guy. Uh, and uh, that say that there's this connection to Kiev. And I some the guy that I was talking to or heard from, he said he they thought, uh, Putin would flatten it and rebuild it uh, in sort of their own image. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's um, and say there's there's something about Putin's thinking that doesn't get the attention it deserves. As you've heard people say, you know, in the media and elsewhere, oh, he's insane. He's gone insane in the last year. But I'm not quite sure of that. It, it you you often have that said in a. I don't know, sort of as a way to prove the speaker's own uh, superiority over whomever it is. Uh, but I think he is more of a rational, or, or he's, you know, it's rational to him. Uh, I don't, you know, buy that argument that he's just off his rocker. So that's uh, a, a long way of saying that I'm uh, pretty concerned what he would do. But your your point that is the, I think, a really uh, interesting, not interesting, it's um, unusual, is that, you know, he flattened Grozny, as you remember. There was nothing left. And, you know, dead people all over the place. But he got away with it because it was down in the Caucasus. Nobody, you know, there weren't, you know, videos coming out of it. And it was just Chechens down in the Caucasus, which nobody can find. Uh, but doing it to Kiev is, uh, you know, on you know in real time, that's a very different thing. And this is something that I, I think that Putin would be, um, sort of making sure that Russia is going to be, uh, you know, regarded as an evil, you know, as an enemy country the way it was uh, during the Cold War. You know, if he goes ahead with this, uh, and it could be that he, he doesn't care. Uh, you know, that 
but it's go the effect that this is going to have on Western thinking uh, is you know is um, going to be uh, very interesting to watch because you look at how you know guys like us and you know others have been trying for years to get people to take you know the Chinese threat seriously, trying to t make people take the this ugly nature of the Chinese communist regime seriously and sort of stop, you know, doing business with them, stop treating them like a, you know, like they're Canadians or like Canadians used to be. Um, and, you know, actually do to them what's being done to, to the Russians. So it's ironic that it's the Russians who are getting this treatment first. Uh, and the Chinese so far have never, never been treated this way. You know, uh, but if you, you know, Grant, something will, Costantini uh, said to me yesterday, and that is, you know, he, think about this. You know, in our discussions, we've talked about how compromised Germany was by Russian energy, right? Think about the mm -hmm. United. Think about the United States economy vis-a-vis -vis China. We are a hundredfold more comp compromised relative to China economically financially than Germany is to uh, Russia. And, yeah. um, you know, and uh, sobering, right? So, I mean, might this cause the United States to take a look at all the things, right, that, you know, from, from, from um, prescription medication, right, to soccer balls that we get from China and how we've essentially, you know, um, you know, outsourced all of that to them, and then what kind of leverage you've given to an adversary, and so. But but I'm gonna ask you a disappointing question, and I know and I know what you're gonna fucking say before I even ask it. Do you have any reason to believe that America will take a look at itself and and pause and say, you know what, we really have to, even if it costs us more, we have to we have to do the right thing. No, I'm afraid I don't. I, you know, fuck, I, wish, I, I wish fucking do. You know, so I wish we did. And I think that it's going to take uh, China doing something to Taiwan to have any chance of sort of getting that, uh, the Quisling class, you know, the, this traitor class of people who are financing and, you know, doing business with China uh, to get them to change uh, their, their thinking. And even then, I'm not entirely sure they would. Uh, because it's best, I think, to view China and Russia as basically allies uh, for the, the present and the, the near future, at least. So let me and ask you. Not to, yeah. Let me ask you. So, so in that um, viewing China and Russia as allies, would you include Wall Street in that mix too? There's their ally too, because there's a great advocate saying, "Yeah, these sanctions, we really don't want to do that," and and somehow or other. You know, William Tecumseh Sherman is spinning in his casket, right, at this thought of a nation will wage war on another nation. And somehow or other, we get our exacto knife out and try to slim down the repercussions to the nation. So only the president and his shithead friends, right, are pay the price, you know, and, and that it isn't a blunt object. Uh, object that we wield against another nation state that's that's done this it is a it is we're attempting to you know to make war painless to a nation state and it just to me is the most absurd thing to watch yeah you know, I was as you were talking I was trying to think of a word to describe these people but you know there's the 
you know, the quislings, the traitors, the pimps, the prostitutes. It, it, none of it works, really. You know, I don't know how you what the word is. It was just total slime balls. And it, 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 I can't you know, stress just how wicked these people are, uh, and you know, for what they they're doing. And uh, so I, I don't have quite the right word for it. They're just like Yankee rascals. Right. How's that? Yeah. Right. But, I've I've got an email for you, Mac. Just to be sure, your question to Grant was: if the Russians lay siege to the major cities in Ukraine, he believes that they will, in fact, waste those cities. Is that what he said? So, Grant, I think that's yes, what, that's what that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they will. Uh, yeah, and. You know the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl by a touchdown too. No, but, uh, I mean, look, I don't think it's a stretch. Um, I don't. Hey, look. No, they, I, you know, but it's you know, this. I'm more confident about Putin being willing to flatten the place if they don't give up. Uh, I'm I'm more confident about, than I am about the Bengals taking the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, uh, again, yeah, so I'm that convoy that's worried for, about it. That convoy that's 40 miles long, right? 38 miles of it is artillery ammunition. Okay, just so everybody knows. It's yeah. the way they do it. You look at World War II when you, you know, they would line up their Katusha rockets, what the Germans called them, Stalin's organs. You see those videotapes and, you, you know, those old newsreel things, and you're just like, good God, look at that. You know, what the hell does it look like? And, and if you ever read narratives of what the Germans said, what it was like to get caught in that, you know, people, you know, and, and so it's how they do it. And, uh, but to think that, you know, so the next next thing that's got to get cut off is internet access from Kiev. That has to be near the top of the target list. Um, so when they do do this, you know, you, you would only see snippets uh, somehow or they're smuggled out or got out by somebody with a satellite connection. Uh, but by and large, I think what you're seeing now, which is everything that's going on in, in Ukraine and the, the civil disobedience of people standing, you know, communities standing in, in roads and daring the Russians to... Um, to uh, to run over them and things like that. You're you're going to stop seeing that. So, um, but anyway, that's a interesting interesting take. What um, any other any other news out of Japan uh, as they watch this out of Taiwan as that nation uh, that must feel a great kinship with the, the Ukrainian people uh, watch this. Anything new from from them in the last twenty four hours? Um, the, the Japanese thing, it really is something. I think this is going to wake them up. Um, you know, and you, I, that Japanese elite class, the ruling class, uh, I think they've, the, the, they've been trying to shake off this World War II thing for a long time. And I think it's about completely shook, shook off now. Uh, and it's going to be interesting and to see how, what Japan does now. You know, I think finally... Uh, they just might uh, try and develop a decent military, which to date they don't have. So I, it's this has woken them up. And you know, Taiwan is this. You know, it's uh, interest funny that you know people didn't really seem to, you know, have that much concern until Hong Kong was crushed. Uh, that and before that, you know, up until then, you know, people kind of went about their daily life and you just ignore the, the threat, you know, across the water. But now it's it's sort of coming front and center, and it's much harder to to overlook. And I think that too is going to shape thinking, um, you know, in in Taiwan as well. 
so you know we it's, it's in one sense you know it's you know you know it's it's fortuitous it's nice that you know people that have been you know sounding the alarm for so long are kind of getting taken seriously now uh you know about well more sounding it towards china uh, but Russia is sort of waking people up that China is a threat too. But uh, the the willingness of these China whisperers and the American side to overlook all sorts of things and is worrisome. Uh, and so, what the as, as noted, the best way to look at the the Chinese is as Putin's allies. And you know, to the extent you know, Russia is pushed out of things, uh, you know, economically, politically. It's, I'll be, I hope that the Chinese are not allowed to fill in the void. Uh, but, you know, I suspect that the, there's a good chance they will be. Uh, so uh, here we are. One more question for you, and then I'll let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole specter of uh, nuclear war and and uh, the necessity, um, you know, as, as the American president to account for that and... Um, you know, and and take it seriously. Um, are people being unfair to President Biden, um, given the fact that Vladimir Putin sits across the table and uh, and he has a nuclear po- power, uh, and not understanding the complexities of what that brings to this problem? Oh no, I don't think they're being unfair at all to to, to President Biden. You know, it's uh, you know he wanted the job and he's been in on Capitol Hill for a long, long time, doing foreign affairs, supposedly. Uh, if he's not ready to handle this, then, you know, why do you take the job? Uh, no, I, you know, it's, you know, I think Putin is serious. I suspect he's talking more at the tactical nuclear level. And that's where I could see him throwing something out. Uh, but if, you know, if President Biden isn't up to the job, well, uh, we're the ones who'll pay the price, but it's... Uh, uh, it's, it's hard to sort of put a, a good face on this. Got it. All right. What do you, uh, what do you, will this infect your writing uh, in terms of what you're, uh, what you're going to publish? I know you have to stew on these things for a bit, but. Um, <laughs> well, I've been stewing all the time lately. There you go. There <laughs> yeah, you go. But, uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's a, a couple of things. This one is um, what is the uh, sort of the, what does Ukraine mean for the Taiwan scenario, and particularly for Chinese thinking about Taiwan? Because uh, I think they're going to have to redo some of their calculations in terms of what it takes to actually uh, successfully assault and uh, bring Taiwan to heel. And it also gives Taiwan some ideas of what they need to do uh, to have a better chance. As, um, the, actually, a, a Wall Street Journal guy asked me for some comments yesterday. So it may appear, actually, and if it does, I, oh will, I promise I'll send it to you. And uh, okay, he swore, just asked I swore to God I'll send it to you. Yeah. Well, that I would be once yeah. w- once again, Grant, you know, expert in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, yeah. I think I, I'm, a, I'm a player. I think, you know, for, uh, I think for a day, I'm a player. I think you've arrived then. <laughs> the uh, anyway, the um, what 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 would you think is job? What did you say? I mean, to me. Um, assume that you're not going to be resupplied, so you better have massive stockpiles of stingers and and uh, you know javelins or whatever other hardware you need. Um, you know, if you do that again, um, getting people there and and is one thing. 
trying to subdue that nation, if it'll fight with the population that Taiwan has, that's a completely different question. And so it's, to me, the question that the Russians wrestle with now. Okay, so you've got 200,000 people total in the country. You've now got a city of 3 million people surrounded. Now what? You're going to blow it away live on TV? Well, um, so it's going to be interesting. Well, it, yeah, that's, um, I, I remember that question at uh, TBS. Well, it's, uh, it's it, not as easy, no, I, right? It's not no, as easy as, as like, yeah. okay, you got it surrounded. Now what? You're going to starve them out? Yeah, when the other side says, okay, go ahead, um, it causes, I'd say people like us or, you know, civilized nations, it causes them some real problems. Uh, there's a certain type of person who would, you know, just say, okay, we will go ahead. But it's uh, even, but even for the Russians, you know, the laying waste to Kiev, you know, and that's, the, and as we talked about yesterday, the Ukrainians and the Russians are, are not all that different. And if you take it even farther back, I think Russia kind of comes from uh, Kiev, which is the what the center origin of uh, um, Rus, the, the Rus kingdom or the Russian civilization. So it, it may be like Oklahomans going down to Texas and surrounding San Antonio, uh, saying uh, stand down. But it's there's um, well that's not quite right, but it, it it's. Um, Really, an anthropologist could probably expound on this subject better than almost anybody, Got if it. you could find one. So. Got it. All right, Grant, thank you very much. Sure. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Just yeah. let me know. You bet. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you. Okay. Right here. Right here. Right. Test and joining me now are uh, the Mensa brothers, I think. I see Tim's here. I see Jeff's here. I don't know if Will's here. Will's muted, so he's here. So uh, good morning, everyone. Joining me from, uh, he's in Florida right now, Uh, Jeff Kenny. Jeff, how are you? He's muted. I'm good, Matt. I'm good. I just muted myself so uh, we can square away the thing with Will. But uh, Got it. Yeah, we're good. Your mo- your mother's birthday today? Are you fired up? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I think if if they're okay with it, we're gonna go swimming first, and then uh, we're going to. Um, oh my god, what is that? And then we're going to um, to dinner. So. You're going swimming. How and how old yeah. is she, how old is your mom? Is she turning eighty eight or eighty nine? She's turning eighty eight today. Well, well, tell her, tell her a happy birthday from all of her friends here at All Marine Radio. So that's good. Big day in, yep. uh, in Florida. What city? This is in Lehigh Acres, like a suburb of uh, Fort Myers. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, from McAllen, Texas, Tim Lynch. Tim, how are you? Doing great this morning, Max. Thanks for asking. Oh, you bet. How, it's what I do. It's good. That's all I, yeah. always, I always ask. So what, um, what's the weather like in McAllen? You gave us a pretty interesting little update drop what from 75 to 45 in the space of two hours last week that was oh yeah 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 that's that's the typical northern northern cold front right now it is sunny not a very few clouds in the sky will high will be about 76 right now it's about 68 it's damn gorgeous this this is the what it's nice to be here got it got it and uh was will having audio problems or is so 
now. Okay. I'm trying to conserve my battery, so I got the video turned off. Got it. Attaboy. Uh, joining us from a suburb of Kansas City, Kansas, Will Costantini. Will, how are you? I am grand. It's uh, 61, heading to 73 here in the Midwest. Nice. nice. All right. Uh, let me just turn the floor over to Tim. And Tim, you want to give us kind of a around the region update, and then we'll go to Jeff for kind of updates from inside Ukraine, and then we'll start cooking some stuff around. Okay. The um, most significantly in the last 24 hours is China has uh, stepped up to announce that they're more than happy to mitigate, or excuse me, mediate a ceasefire, and they look forward to helping out both parties to 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 uh, bring an end to this the current conflict. Make of that what you will, That uh, whether that's prompted or not, we, we don't know, but that is kind of significant. Also significant is Finland is pouring, apparently, a considerable amount of, of arms into uh, um, um, the country, which I, we mentioned again yesterday. But the one thing I, I, I want to stress is, is this is surreal to see the European Union in a space of about 72 hours, gone from what's generally been a very administrative affair of, of questionable effectiveness into a wartime force that's providing de facto unlimited credit and and financing to the Ukrainians like that in a space of 72 hours. That is so goddamn weird. And to see that these Romanians, Polish, Slovakians are providing Soviet air remnants of their air forces to the Ukrainians. So nobody knows what these things are flying out of or who's flying them, but somebody's flying something. Is again, this this is so unprecedented that it's hard to 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 know exactly what how this is all going to play out in in the future. And unfortunately, as this as you see the European Union coalescing like this in a matter of hours, our policy apparatus appears to be very un, un, unequal, it, uh, unequal to the events. We're getting pulled behind in this thing. We're not remotely in any type of a leadership position. And that's just something that I wanted to note right up front, because um, as to, to sum it all up, the amount of support for the Ukrainian people um, continues to just explode. And I'm sorry, the other thing of note was that Poland has closed its border to Belarus. So it's not letting Belarusian citizens across their frontier uh, at turning back families and everything, while at the same time facilitating the flow into and out of the Ukraine. All this is just incredibly unprecedented, given this, given the Russian sensitivity to its bordering countries, overtly providing aid that's killing Russian soldiers. That that's that's unbelievable. The final bit of it, of news. Uh, is that um, Finland is apparently holding uh, talks uh, about joining NATO, and for the first time ever, the Finnish people are in support of that. Again, it's 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 hard to underestimate the significance uh, of of these moves, and I just uh, wanted to sum it up with that because it's it's just it's unbelievable yeah. to watch this in real time. Let me let me pile on a few more things. Um, second round of talks are going to happen tomorrow, evidently. Uh, yesterday's were not fruitful. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody has great expectations for them. Uh, China's foreign minister called his Ukrainian counterpart to say he deeply regrets uh, the conflict. Um, yeah, unbelievable. I, yeah, I don't know if you watched um, President Zelensky address the European Union this morning, but 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know how long that standing ovation was, but it was. It was a, an incredible tribute to him. That was pretty motivating, um, and, but, and understood by all to be a tribute to his people, not just to him. Right, not just to you him. Know what I mean, but his, that's, that's, hey, this, is, this is beautiful symbology. But his leadership in in time of crisis mm-hmm. would uh, summon the um, sober example of Winston Churchill, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, this noble, you know, and out there amongst them, refusing to be evacuated, all that kind of stuff. Um, you and, cr- and the and I just the only sure. thing that we've provided him of any use was that beautiful propaganda point of saying, "I don't need a ride; I need ammunition." I mean, that's the only productive thing we've done in this whole affair, which is sad. But uh, it was a great line. Jeez, that's the kind of stuff that legends are made from. Um, the no-fly zone, right? Um, the answer from NATO was a resounding no. Uh, from both NATO, the United States, say that they are they cannot get involved to close that airspace. Uh, it would be an act of war. The United Nations reckons that 12 million people in Ukraine will need aid, and has requested 1.7 billion for that. Um, we talked about uh, divesting, right? After British Petroleum made their announcement. Shell announced it is ex- exiting all joint ventures with Gazprom, including a 27.5% stake in a liquid nash, li- liquid uh, natural gas facility that carries a, a book value of $3 billion. If you can, I mean, mm. stunning, right? Um, Polish President Duda said during an event with NATO, uh, Secretary General Stoltenberg, that Poland will not be sending any jets to Ukrainian airspace, right? Stoltenberg reiterated, reiterated that NATO will not enter the conflict and that no European nation will transfer fighter planes to Ukraine. Poland decided not to. The Slovakian Defense Ministry spokesman confirmed that Slovakia will not provide them either. Um, and, and that's in direct contravention to what I was reading last night. Yeah, I, I mean that's how fast things that's are how changing. Fast so I'm sorry about that. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, sorry the, about the, there's that. things false reporting. No, no, no. There, there's it, it wasn't though when you know the report yeah, you said was yeah. valid, and then all of a sudden uh, things oh. change. Uh, from right. from uh, Belarus, Belarus, right? Um, right. Their president made an announcement and said, we are not participating in offensive operations in Ukraine. And so you hear, just like we just, you know, kind of noticed, uh, you hear this back and forth relative to the news narrative. I'm not sure what's true. Um, here's another interesting one. Mirsk, right? The world's largest container shipping line will suspend deliveries to and from Russia. Wow. That's- Exactly. That's a holy shit event, right? Holy shit, Mirsk, man. Yeah. Um, and then one more um, from Google. Due to the ongoing war in Ukraine, we're blocking YouTube channels connected with Russia Today and Sputnik across Europe effective immediately. It'll take time for our systems to fully ramp up. Our teams continue to monitor the situation around the clock to take swift action. So, uh, go- uh, yeah, Google prohibiting um russians you, you know back back when i was uh, in afghanistan and had that blog going active and whatnot i i would get interviewed by russian television about once a month for for a good year and a half i had a ton of them they're very much fun to do 
A lot of a lot of fans in Russia for Timmy. Uh, Jeff, uh, <laughs> how about the situation inside of? And again, I'll say this again. People, you know, I've got a couple of emails. Hey, where do you where do you go to get good maps? Um, I would tell you the New York Times has a pretty good one. Reuters has a pretty good one, and then also the BBC has one. BBC tends to do awesome stuff, and I've seen a variety of maps on on their um, updated sites. Any everything from where refugees are heading to the latest tactical situation on the ground overnight, as best as people can tell. So I would tell you I would go to those three places. So Jeffrey, um, what say ye about what's going on in, inside the country? Well, uh, apparently overnight some of their the Russians' targeting priorities have changed. And uh, what they're doing is uh, they hit, like, uh, municipal buildings with, you know, uh, precision-guided munitions, uh, a, t- a communications tower that's supposedly the Mongo Tall there in, in uh, Kiev, and uh, not too much else on, like, the advances tactically. The, uh, the convoy, which is an armored convoy, really, uh, it, I'm talking uh, tanks and armored personnel carriers, is, like, creeping... Uh, east or west to east from uh, from Russia into Ukraine, but it's v- going very slow. And I'm not, I don't know. And I look at it, there's no real indication of whether it's because they're low on fuel or they're or they're just t- taking their taking their time or they're waiting to build up forces for something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently the the, the uh, Ukrainian stiff uh, you know uh, resistance, both military and uh, civilian augments. Is uh is not waning. You know, it's not like the first rush of uh, you know, of uh, enthusiasm. And then once you sleep outside a couple times in the cold, you kind of lose your patriotic ardor. None of that seems to be happening. If anything, it's the opposite. Uh, you know, there's more reinforcements, unofficial, coming in from uh, the Polish border and so forth. So uh, there's that. The uh, you know, the, I think uh, you know, right now. The, uh, the, I think the Russians are still in the let's try and intimidate people mode, but uh, it just doesn't seem like that's working. And I, today, that speech you, that you that you referenced, uh, you know, from uh, Yelensky, Zelensky to uh, to the European Union was uh, it, it's uh, you know it's got to be the type of thing that would even give a you know a, a guy like Putin pause. I, I, we got we got to think about this thing you know, a little bit more because uh, unlike when he went into uh, to, uh, you know, Chechnya, unlike when they went into, uh, you know, the uh, uh, um, uh, Georgia, you know, there is a huge hue and cry against it. Seems to be, like I say, there's, there's just not too much uh, sixth day of the fight. So right now they're gone beyond the sixth day war thing, the sixth day war record the Israelis put in. I guess ours was better, four days, a you know, hundred hour war we had against uh, Saddam in 91. Then there's the six-day war with the Israelis. So the Russians aren't going to make either of those because uh, we're getting up towards going to be a solid week here of, uh, of the, of the uh, Ukrainians still holding firm. The, uh, let me, and let me just amplify some of the things Jeff said. Um, I, I, within the last a couple hours, I, I've been up since about 3 o'clock. I'm not sure why. Uh, the Russian Defense Ministry announced uh, the Russian military will strike at facilities um, uh, municipal f- facilities and military facilities in cities um, in the center of Kiev, and that if you live near them, you need to leave. 
So Jeff's comment about precision guided munitions. The question is, will they use precision guided munitions or will they use, you know, your basic general dumb bomb fire for effect? So that's, 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 uh, and then I've got a question, you know, for you about that. Um, next, um, that convoy that's 40 miles long, you know, I, I want to talk about that. It was originally estimated at, at 17 miles long and then they more than doubled it. Um, what exactly is that? And so we can talk about that. Um, and and this is, you know, I, I think Jeff mentioned yesterday about, you know, a lot of the Russian sol- soldiers were told that they were going on drills and shit. Um, and so uh, there's more reporting to that effect because they said the Russians are, are communicating in the clear and the Ukrainians are listening to them, right? And they're, they hear these exchanges about... This was a drill, though. What's going on? And so it's very interesting. Intelligence acquired since the beginning of the Russian military operation over clear channels has shown an immense lack of both logistical support and understanding that this is an actual shooting event, uh, which is pretty crazy. And then the last thing uh, is kind of curious from from the South, where the Russians have been attempting to to use their Russian Marines and do amphibious operations. Last night, a large group of um, Russian warships was about to launch a landing on the Odessa beaches. They approached the coast. The troops, let's see, the Russian warships were about to shell the beach and Ukrainian defenders were shooting back when they suddenly withdrew. Later reports said that the Marines that had come from Crimea refused to attack Odessa. Now, wow. again, I don't. What do you make of that? Is that true? Is it bullshit? Yeah. I, I don't know. But again, that's just a smattering of uh, of, yeah, of the news that we're seeing. One thing I forgot to say is uh, there's a there's a in tandem with that amphibious assault, there's another push into the Sea of Azov. Which is like on the other side of it's like on the eastern side, you know that of the uh, of the Crimea area there, and uh, you know that hasn't really gone anywhere either. It's right. like the the Russians kind of released something about it and done nothing else. Right, right, and and central to that is is uh, how do you say it? Melitopol, right? Melitopol, and, and and again, you've heard of Sevastopol. This is Melitopol. The um, yeah. Sevastopol is the charge of the light brigade. There you go. That was where the that was where the the English and the Crimean War did that. You know the ridiculous charge of the light brigade. Yeah, but no. Yeah. So it's weird. You're hearing these. You know, you see cities like Rostov on the Don, Donets, right, and Kiev, mm-hmm. Kharkov, and all the. And these are famous. You know, uh, World War II uh, places where huge battles took place, and so it's uh, to see them in the news again. Gomel. Right, stuff like that. Um, I, I want to talk about. Uh, uh, first of all, we need to let Will in here and, and see if he wants to comment about anything. But I want to talk about um, that the encircling effort. And do you guys believe that? Will he? Do you believe that that he will reduce those cities? Try to do on live on TV, live on TV, what he did to Grozny? Because as we were talking yesterday, he doesn't have the ass to go in there. In any you know, in any substantial form, 
You know, uh, Kiev City is three million people for God's sakes. So, Will, first of all, your thoughts, and then we'll take up that question. Yeah, uh, item one. Interesting to me that Ukraine, of all places, has absolutely dominated the propaganda war in this. Um, I got a LinkedIn message today from the Semper Fi Fund talking about standing with the people of Ukraine. So the Semper Fi Fund was formed by a couple of uh, Marine wives on their kitchen table in 2003 when the war first started to uh, support the families of sick, ill, and injured Marines who are going to have long hospital stays. So they've got nothing to do with international politics, Ukraine, et cetera. And they put out a message in support of the people of Ukraine. And I find it interesting because, and this is not criticism, this is just description. I don't think they put out a message in support of the people of Hong Kong, South right. Sudan, Tibet, the Uyghurs, uh, uh, the Christians in Syria. You see what I mean? Yeah. But this conflict uh, has gotten the attention of a whole lot of people. Uh, item two, just the thing about leadership. Um, you know, perhaps we should never elect a lawyer to be the head of anything ever again. You know, Zelensky was a comedian, <laughs> uh, but he he turns the phrase, right? I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. The pictures you see of him are sitting with troops, sharing a meal, being out in the front, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, and think about the last three lawyers that we've had as presidents, Biden, Obama, Clinton, in this country. Uh -huh. And can you think of one thing any of them said? Uh, I did not have sex with that woman, uh, whatever her name was. That's the thing you think of. Ms. Lewinsky. So, you know, and now the president's spokesman now uh, is saying that Bub that Biden has been the great puppet master. He's been orchestrating all of this response from behind the scenes. You know, that, was in the, that was in the president's, uh, you know, White House press conference yesterday, not with him, but with his press secretary. So leadership, it matters, and it probably comes from people who have real-world experience as opposed to being lawyers and politicians for their entire lives. Um, number three, I was actually digging around to figure out some things about gas and, and Nord Stream and what it means and all that. And uh, what I found out, Nord Stream um, was, was, was not put into place to increase Russia's ability to export, i.e. they did not need it for capacity reasons. It was purely a political thing because it went from the Arctic regions where they have some big fields straight to Germany without transiting Ukraine. Right now, Ukraine is carries one third of Russian gas exports, significant. Um, and the contracts for those pipelines are in place until 2024. So I don't know if, if 
if the Ukrainians are still allowing that transit and collecting off it or not. Um, gas prices in Europe are up by a multiple of four since 2021. Although interestingly, they're down about 20% in the last six weeks because they've had a, a, a mild winter in Western Europe. Um, one third of European consumption is Russian gas. And it, it may be higher than that. I saw some conflicting sources. So, you know, a third of what Europe burns to keep warm in the wintertime is Russian. What are they going to do? And uh, just on the liquefied natural gas front, and again, LNG is a commodity that doesn't move quickly. Uh, it's it's huge capital investments for the liqui liquefaction plants, which come at the end of pipelines, typically before they put it into a ship, and the regasification plants at location. Um, but one of the biggest players in the U.S. is a company called Chenier, and they've been on a tear recently, but they were up 10% their stock price in the last week. So LNG is attracting a lot of hot money uh, in the stock market that, that may be real because um, all the companies that were in joint partnerships with Gazprom and other Russian projects just took a huge beating and write down. Uh, Shell being the most prominent. So I, I find all that, that it just, interesting stuff because at the end of the day however this war turns out europe still buys a shit ton of gas hey will if Russia. uh if um if that Nord stream pipeline was was be was you know in place or you know being used right now how much of that one-third percentage would change for the one-third that's going through going through ukraine now yeah i i didn't see numbers but the right. quote was, Nord Stream is not required for capacity. Mm -hmm. I.e. They, and Gazprom, the, the pipelines have not been full because Europe has not been burning it. Apparently they're having a warm winter. But it's, so you would think, uh, I've seen maps before of three or four pipelines across Ukraine, which some of them are probably antiquated. So maybe right. it's 50% of that capacity. So instead of Ukraine being a third, it becomes a sixth. Um, huh. But that's just that's just a wild ass guess. So, so that's like a that's probably something there. These peace talks are more than just about uh, you know shooting and uh, and and military advances. They're probably yeah, like talking not, about you, that. Yeah. Ukraine needs Russia to pump gas across its country. I, I don't know what percent of their economy it is. But I mean, Ukraine grows wheat, some corn. Um, you know, I don't think anyone's buying Ukrainian cars, televisions, toaster ovens, or anything else, right? <coughs> so they're a commodity kind of a thing, and the the rent they get from those pipelines, I'm sure, is not an insignificant part of their GDP. So, anyways, that's what I saw. All right. Um I want, I want to talk about, do you, just, uh, I don't know, you, you can wax eloquent for as long as you want to. Do you think that he will, uh, that Vladimir Putin will try to reduce Kiev until they surrender, till they yeah. capitulate um, live on TV? Or do you think the order of business is, 
right? Everything's got to come down electronically. We will block it out. Then we'll do it. Um, Tim, your thoughts? Is that is that the plan? Because he doesn't have a, a second card to play in terms of going in there dismounted. Well, we were talking about yesterday about having let's let's say, and Kiev is not surrounded, but let's suppose he surrounds it and cuts it off. You know, right. the idea being that he's he's got to spend one of three commodities he has. One is time, two is blood, and three is equipment. So if he's going to try to strangle them out and starve them out, that takes time. As we noted, that would be about three, four, five years. And there's no damn way he's got enough forces to give him a tight cordon. A Putting a cordon around an urban area that, that, that big would stretch our capabilities. And the one thing I want to stress is nobody can can they're, they're, they don't have a Will Constantini that can take out a bunch of L, uh, a battalions worth of LAVs and put some type of reliable defensive cordon, which would have to be flexible and and rely a lot on counterattacking units and whatnot. They can't pull that off because they don't have enough junior leaders who can read a map and communicate and to shoot, move and communicate thing. Which, as we all know, we might make it look easy, but it is. Friggin in, it's an unbelievably difficult thing to do, even when you're not getting shot at back. So let, let's ignore that. I want to I, because I think what he's going to try to do is reach some type of of decisive battle at Kiev, which, again, I, I don't think that's it, it doesn't matter as long as the, as the Ukrainian army remains. I've got a report from the ground uh, forward to me through the soldier of fortune uh, chain because I'm, I'm still an alum, alum of them. What this appears to be is a guy who is a who who works for a linguist interpreter and, and local advisor company on the ground, but he, he's it's a little bit confusing because some of it he's talking about interpreting video, but this is what this this guy is saying. He goes, my understanding is they've taken very heavy losses in people in armor. There's hundreds of uh, soldiers that are POW, a substantial number deserting. Russians dropped airport troops on Kiev airport a few times and every time they were wiped out without losses on the Ukrainian side. It sounds like the troops lack night vision, so they try to fight during the day. As soon as they land, the mortars start to start in on them, and that's what they've been doing, just hitting them with mortars. They hadn't have to do anything else. The Ukrainians also let an armored column go by, then attack the rear, wipe out the fuel, uh, fuel, fuel and fuel, food trucks, and you see lots of abandoned tanks and uh, that have been abandoned because they've run out of gas and they're getting stripped down. He's got a ton of pictures in here. All of them are destroyed vehicles that are being towed, he says, from the border into the country. So that slow moving uh, uh, column that Jeff was referring to, apparently a lot, a considerable number of those rolling stock are being towed into the country. Um, he says the only effective things that the Russians are doing are spetsnets and civilian clothes uh, who are coming in with technical vehicles and taking on local militia. But then again, we've seen a lot of those type of people being arrested by Ukrainians. And that sort of reminds me of what, what Mac would say about the uh, uh, the Shia militia uh, spotting out bad guys Sunnis. How, you know, you couldn't see shit, but the Shia guys just pointed point to a truck car and said, right. those guys. And right. I think you're seeing some of that going on in the Ukraine from- uh, hey, Tim, uh, can I jump in for one yes, second? Yes, sir, you please? can. Yeah. yeah, so this 40 mile convoy, I just did the math. Right. Um, if you're on the move, the SOP is 200 meters between vehicles. So that's two every quarter, eight per mile, 40 miles, 320 vehicles. Huh. So first LAR battalion, the order of battle is about 
200 vehicles in that battalion. Right. So that's a, that's a great that's a great point because a 40 it, mile convoy is it ain't you know the third guards army coming <laughs> in. It, no. it, if there's if their march discipline is 100 meters per vehicle, it's two and a half three battalions. If they're bumper to bumper, yeah, it's different. But I don't know, so I just put that in there for a little. Um, it, Potential perspective, and, and even were they bumper to bumper, I well, would submit well, to you well they done. lack well, the capability. Well, well played, William. Well done. Oh yeah, no, but but they would lack the capability of the first LAR because they don't have the they don't have the command and control in the in the, in the staff is my my fingertip feel of the thing. The final thing that this guy said is he saw more than 100 tanks and 500 APCs and a bunch of these self-propelled anti-aircraft vehicles shot up to hell, and. Uh, and according to his tally, they've lost 27 aircraft to date. Um, and oh. ba- basically, what he's saying is, aside, aside from the, the the southern the southern prong of this invasion, everything is stalling and they're getting their asses kicked. So that is a report coming from the Ukraine. I don't know how much it's true, but the pictures sure do look nice. I always like to see shot up Russian trucks. And it's uh, there you go. Right. Um, Jeff, how about you? Um, your thoughts? Will, will he yeah. will he do the Grozny event on, live on TV for us to watch? Yes, I think so. I think he will. Uh, he will attempt to do one of those demonstrations like that, like uh, in the uh, in the Grozny mode, the Georgia mode, you know, in the Chechen mode. And the reason he was able to get away with it in those places is because uh, we really didn't have a leg to stand on. A large part of the world was either involved in Afghanistan or the free world, right. Afghanistan or Iraq. And so, you know, they now they're not engaged in anything so they can uh, point the finger. And they have been, you know, at the, all these things that he's doing and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, making all these gestures of uh, solidarity, you know, whether they're effective or not with the uh, with the Ukrainians. So but I don't think I, I mean, based on what I'm hearing and again. I don't really like Condoleezza Rice, you know. I don't think she's. I don't think she was. I mean, she was against putting extra guys into Iraq, you know, in her infinite wisdom, you know. What I mean, but uh, it's not that bad. And she says he's he's not the same guy, and other people, you know, are saying that. So I'm thinking the guy might try one more time to shock people with a big bloodletting, like he did those times you referenced in Grozny and so forth. Yeah. And uh, if it doesn't work. Then uh, he'll go to Plan B, but uh, again, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's like we just don't know. What we don't know. I don't. Right. I, no, I, 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 he I'm might. Just, he might flip an, out. I don't know. It's an opinion question, and and for I mean, with all the unknowns, will uh, your thoughts? Do you think he'll he'll try to do Grozny live on TV? Uh, you know, Tim gives you really the convincing argument why the idea of just encircling and starving it out. Um, is impossible. If you think about the Russian forces, conscript army, um, so the bulk of them are two-year people, so those are not particularly well-trained and well-disciplined. They probably have a cadre, and they've got some more elite units. So are those elite units 10% of the force, 20% of the force? Um, I think uh, that they'll attempt, as Jeff said, to do... Uh, at least one more significant effort. Um, is he going to do it uh, live on TV? I don't know that Putin cares 
about world opinion, right? Okay. And so uh, the calculation would be, is the shock value that reverberates within Ukraine based on whatever is being published in the media worth uh, the condemnation, et cetera, or does that actually rally of the Ukrainians. And I think that would be the calculation. But I think, I, I don't think they're going to attempt to encircle, cut off, and starve them out. I think that they're going to attempt to get main lines um, so they can prevent significant reinforcement and then drive to wherever they think the decisive point is. And, you know, if they start bombing, the municipal waterworks, the electric plant, and the gas plant, um, in an effort to make civilian life untenable and miserable, um, you know, it also means if you take the place over and install some sort of puppet regime, there's just that much more significant rebuilding you got to do. Now, some apartment building gets blown up. Putin doesn't give a shit. Because if he takes over the country, you know, that's someone else's problem. But if the gas plant and the electric plant and the phone company and the water plant goes up, you sort of got to rebuild those things to to have any credibility uh, with whatever regime you put in place. So I, 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 I think that if there's a real big time Uh, attack. Um, I would think that that he would electronically try and take down the media, but I, you know, I, it's hard for me to calculate. Why hasn't he done? Why has he? Why has he failed at that so far? I mean, he doesn't have well, the yeah. assets yeah, one of those to do targets that. Was, one of those targets was that big TV tower, right? Uh, he, you know, the, and uh, and also the you know the uh, municipal building broadcasting companies. Again, he, he might just be trying to. It's not effective because we're watching it. So no, no. Elon Elon Musk has a Starlink satellite up, up over there. He's he's lit up the uh, Ukraine for free. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, then no kidding. That's what I mean. So then that's not for for actual utility utilitarian motives. That's for terror. If it doesn't work, then he's just doing it to terrorize people. Right. Which uh, that's the that was your original question, right? Will he do that? And uh, I think yeah. he is. All right. Um, what, do, what do Ukrainians do to re, to resist? Let me ask, uh, another question is about the whole: um, how respectful um, does NATO have to be? Right. Again, not invoking Article Five. Right. In this, uh, trying to be supportive. Right. And you know, we talked about the Watusi dance between. Um, Timmy, are you typing? No, no, I'm not doing anything. I don't know. Somebody's doing something, but um, uh, the Watusi dance you're doing, like, okay, so we want to commit more arms and we want to get them there. How do we? How do we do that? Who moves those things to get them in the hands of the right people? You know, so it's great to make this grand announcement. You know, how the hell do you get them there? So you get them to the border, and then what? And so, um, so, so that's a real issue, right? When you're trying to get stingers and, and javelins in the hands you know, of, uh, of guys who will close with and, and knock things out of the sky. And, uh, and, and, you know, what Will says is really interesting. That whole conscript thing, that's a fragile event. 
right? When it's all rolling in your direction, that's it's it that thing stays together. But when when it's not going in your direction and this is not where you want to be and we're killing our own people, like we talked about, you know, going to Utah, right? And 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 fighting Americans, right? And and so there must be that sentiment. So I you know, I think that's interesting, but but my question is NATO, United States, Article 5, how respectful do you have to be in this Watusi dance of trying to support Ukraine and yet still be accountable for the nuclear threat that, you know, that Russia poses? Yeah. And, and Vladimir Putin very, very blatantly not only stated but then put his forces on alert how respectful do you have to be as you know one of the leaders of the free world tim i think you got to be cash and carry what does that mean it means if they got the money they buy it and they come pick it up at your warehouse uh, or at the border okay no okay i i got i got that what about the whole nuclear threat thing i that's my larger question well there's a reason you you at some point, you know, it, I just think of what was going on pre-World War II, right? We were attempting to supply Britain in every way we could without committing an actual act of war. Um, and so is it an act of hey, war? Well, let me, okay, in- let me ask you guys a historical question about Lend-Lease, since we'll talk about it. Was Lend-Lease aimed at the American population to show them we, we were not going to get involved in this thing because they weren't into it? Or was it aimed at not angering Germany and trying to keep whatever no, Len, that was? Lend-Lease was absolutely aimed at the American population. I think um, um, we also had a cash and carry thing with the Brits. And I think the idea was we would... We would sell to any belligerent. Uh, I don't want to get too far over my skis. We would sell to any belligerent, but we knew we weren't going to sell it uh, to the Germans. Got it. But that, that I believe, was aimed at sort of an international <clears throat> law convention type of thing. Yeah, the Lend-Lease thing, too. Uh, we didn't really we didn't really charge the Brits for any of that stuff. We just gave them these you know, old destroyers. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, that that battle of the North Atlantic was going on before Pearl Harbor. We yeah. lost people, right. and uh, so the, the Germans were under no illusions. But there was a, a, a large portion of America subsequent to World War One, and then you know, the, and then the Depression that happened, you know, a couple, you know, ten years later, they were not wanting to go. And well, think about Pearl think, Harbor, you know, to make them want to go. Here's here's an even you know sinking into Lusitania, right? Yeah, right. the Germans said it was carrying munitions. The Americans said it wasn't. Well, it absolutely was carrying mm-hmm. munitions. Uh, so, you know, so it just it. How do how do you get a Stinger yep. missile or uh, a Javelin uh, to Kiev? Uh, well, I don't think you fly it in an American plane. No, not, at the airport, right? You, know, you dump it at the border, right? Kind of a exactly. thing, and. And I and you know NATO has said we're not doing the no-fly zone, um, because the guy's got fucking nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know we, we talk a lot about the Soviet Union. Mac, you've been referencing the Second World War, 
Germans against the Russians or against the Soviets. And, uh, you know, this, this tactic the Germans went to subsequent to their defeat at Kursk in the summer of 43, they'd make these things they call hedgehogs, big defensive positions that could, that could uh, digest, you know, mobile forces and field hospitals and things like that. Uh, that's the type of thing that needs to happen near the Polish and Slovakian borders, you know, open-ended towards the back end. And then besides the stuff that the Germans put in, uh, it's like a, it's an imitation for NGOs, anything to muddy the waters uh, from Ukraine's point of view that make the Russians look worse by hitting things like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I think you might see that here, you know, in the future because it's still a lot of people are streaming, not just things. But people are streaming eastwards from the Polish border. You know, and while that goes on, uh, you know, that that is, you know, I'm not really uh, an expert in I.O. or anything like that. But it seems to me that that's valuable. Uh, that's a valuable. And the other thing I was saying yesterday about the attack, about, you know, an attack from the Ukrainians now, if they could locate where those Chechens are, it would be similar to when we attacked the Hessians. The Hessians are kind of like the Chechens of, uh, you know, of their day. You know, the, the uh, you know mercenaries working for the Brits. So you know, if they well, they well, need to, well, uh, they well need didn't to they do that. didn't they already wipe out like some some regiment of uh, from, seventy vehicles from in a general? Yeah, from Grozny. Yeah. Is that where it was? Right. That I read to me. Yeah, with great fanfare. Yeah, that was, that with was... great fanfare, they left this uh, this incredibly talented and decorated. Uh, and, and I mean, the story I saw said that they wiped everybody out. They, 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 they got 70 vehicles, one, one uh, major general, and the rest of them reportedly were gone. That was in one of those other Soldier of Fortune things I get. But I don't know that they're true. But right. I'd like to answer right. your original question, Matt. Well, 70, 70 vehicles, two companies, maybe right. three. Right. Yeah. Not a regiment. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but they, no. they would call it a regiment, Just, and they would send it off at the Great Parade and fanfare, right? But Will's point will make. No, I don't think 70 was the totality of the unit. I think the rest of them were the ones that went back to Grozny. But <laughs> but going going back to, to what your original question was, the thing about our situation right now is we're so far outside of what you can anticipate and normally calibrate. You know, confusion is right in front of you because of the unprecedented nature that we're at. Now, we ask about the significance of Russians' nuclear forces. Let's assume that Putin's crazy but he's not so crazy that he can't recognize that he's got to keep the country together as do his leaders. And and now you've got Finland talking about joining NATO and, and, and what have you. You don't know that as these other countries that are on his border actively support in some way or the other, Poland may not be given them aircraft, but there certainly appear to be given them plenty of support, one would hope. It certainly appears that way. That's that's a direction for which Putin could lash out and say, hey, God damn it, I'm not tolerating this shooting at another direction, which could precipitate. We could easily find ourselves getting sucked into this thing. This could grow and start involving other countries, I think, relatively easily. And the only reason I say that is because it's impossible to predict what's going to happen, given on what's just happened, because who would have ever thought that the EU would mobilize this quickly and do something decisive. It's fucking weird. Who thought Putin was stupid enough to get involved in this kind of shenanigans that he, that's a lose-lose? He can't win. Even if he wins in, in, a, in the capital city, he's a loser. He's a pariah, no matter what he does right now. He's fucked. 
So yeah. who could anticipate that? Well, so where the, this goes yeah. could be us fighting somewhere somehow because we're too stupid and sleepwalk our way into it. Because yeah. we don't have but, a but, position. But, uh, right okay, so, so but my, the point I wanted to get to is, is a delicate one, and that is whether you like it or not, as, as active as you want to be, as much as we'd love. I mean, when you saw the, the, that long line of vehicles, right? And, you know, I, I saw somebody, I think, I think he's a, uh, a congressman, talking about, you know, you know, you know, a section of A-10s would lay the wood to those bitches. Like, uh, well, no shit, man. But you would also invite the broader conflict. And so, would, I mean, and you have a responsibility, right? You know, is and, and we've talked about this, Ukraine in, 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 in the American interest. No, not a member of NATO. Okay, so... You know, you and you have whether you like it or not, you have to be respectful of his threats, and and that's not a, I don't know. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Joe Biden because I mean he's, you know, as as Will pointed out, the comedian, right, looks like the leader, and the leader of the United States. I don't know, what, I don't know what he looks like because I haven't seen him lately, you know. And so, um, and I'm not going to watch the State of Union tonight. Because I have a feeling it just makes me want to throw up all over whatever I'm sitting near, right? All the bullshit that's going to get thrown out. And so, but I do believe that that, the nuance of the nuclear event is important and you've got to respect it. You've got to respect it and restrain yourself. And so, you know, what did you cash and carry? You know, we will deliver it to the border. You need to come and pick it up and... You know, maybe that's as good as it gets because, I mean, if you could imagine somebody's special forces, somebody's clandestine operatives, right, getting caught with your name all over it, right? That's, I mean, that's an act of war, yes? I think so. or hiding in a basement somewhere in Yugoslavia. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, wrong time. I just fell. To... I just fell off for I don't know how long. But uh, yeah. the um, no, no, no. Again, I just briefly the the point I make is that you have to respect his the nuclear capability. I mean, you can't you can't fairy dust that one. Um, but you can't fairy dust your your participation either. It's they're 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 participating. How much, how do you calibrate that to where it gives offense? Wait, wait, wait. When you're off, Mac. Hold on. What do you mean, Timmy? You can't calibrate well, what? There, you, you, you can't calibrate how much you're going to participate on the Ukrainian side to, what, to what's going to be unacceptable to Russia. Okay, they said no fly zone. We're not going to do that. We're not going to give them aircraft. Fine. They're giving them, they're giving them anti-tank weapons. They're giving them anti-air man pads. They're giving them a lot of help. We don't know how it's getting there, but let us assume that it's getting there. They're participating. So trying to say we're not going to be too overt, least we get Putin pissed off. You might already have Putin pissed off. He seems to be not acting rationally. I don't know. So, what, so, what, hard so, what, so what are you arguing for? Broader. I'm arguing. I'm arguing that no matter what they do, they're already in as far as Putin is concerned. So they can make all the pretense that well, we're not going to give America. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree okay. with that. that. That was that was my Mac. My, are you saying, Mac? Are you saying that um, 
when if you're doing uh, like a uh, you know, ground ground conflict uh, resupply, or, you know, for the uh, for the Ukrainians across the Polish border, that you should worry about the Russians' nukes. Well, it's going to be or if you begin I, to participate in the conflict, right? Right. Even even from a logistical. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's huge. Stingers, yeah. javelins. Well, that, I mean, that's that's not. But, I mean, if you 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 know again, logistical. Holy shit, you're tilting the battlefield in favor of the Ukraine. And let me just right. tell you, here's what I think. I th- I think Will's point about the conscript thing and the fragile force that the Russians have. Right then, they get punched in in the, in the fucking nose a few times. Got a whole bunch of guys are dead. What the fuck's going on? This is not what we signed up for. It is yeah, spraying, but- right? And 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 so more javelins, more stingers means that we got a chance to get chased out of this motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Com- that's a common theme in Russian, not just Russian, Soviet and Russian history is in the beginning of a conflict they suck. I mean, uh, if they went into Finland, they got beat. I mean, when they first went into uh, into uh, into into Afghanistan, I mean, we look great the first. We look good in the beginning, and we peter out. You know, they they peter in. You know, and uh, and and uh, I don't think uh, that people are saying, "Hey, let's resist. Let's help the Ukrainians resist the Russians," because they because the Russians appear effective and uh, and strong. They they they're doing this. They're sounding off because the Russians appear ineffective and weak. Well, you know, you know with the, what they've a couple, done so a couple far. Times. My point though is is vis a vis your responsibility, knowing that he's in you know knowing that he's you know owns yeah. a lot of nuclear weapons. You have to be accountable for that, and you have to restrain yourself in some of the things that you do. the The other thing I I was musing as I woke up at three in the morning, uh, and was thinking about this: if this thing turns against the Russians. You were going to see on all that Twitter video and, and shit like that, you're going to see some ugly stuff as the, as the Ukrainians exact their revenge, right? Um, yeah, so keep your children, you know, you might want to install your family uh, filter on their devices because, you know, if, if the Ukrainian people ultimately get their hands on a lot of Russian soldiers, some of that is not is going to be ugly. As they take their re- revenge, because as you know, Jeff described what a couple weeks ago when he was talking about, you know, um, his wife's family is Ukrainian and and going up right. and being around them and and the love they have of their country and the hatred they have of the Russians. I mean, this goes back a, a while, and there's a lot of stories that go with this, and a lot of family histories that go with this. And uh, so, anyway, Zelen- just, I mean. An, an aim of, to me, an aim of Ukrainian propaganda now, if they think that there's a vulnerability in the conscript force, look, you know, we we had a conscript army in Vietnam. Um, you couldn't surrender, right, to the Viet Cong and the NVA. Right. But if, if Ukrainian propaganda, uh, they speak the language, can get through to that conscript army, that you can surrender. To us, I don't know if that's a true vulnerability of the Russian force or not. I, I think it would be, um, and 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 how do you? Once I don't know how much blood is flowing yet, but once significant blood flows, then the Ukrainian population is not going to be sympathetic to that propaganda themselves and will exact revenge. Right. You know, right. um, but if 
if the Ukrainian government can get ahead of that curve, uh, that would be an interesting thing. And see it a mass defection of a Russian unit, um, right? That could be a way to get it. Wow. You know, to the point of of how much respect do you got to have? Yeah, and and I think Tim's point is valid in that that Putin sees us as being against him now. Right. So what we have to do is dance the very fine line of what truly is international law in regard to armed conflict and when do you become a belligerent or not and then we need to broadcast very clearly what we think the status is and and if it if you're going to dance near the edge of the precipice uh i do not like our dance partners right now joe biden mala harris lloyd austin tony blinken uh, I just don't. I, I don't want to be near the precipice when those are the people that are trying to calibrate it. And so... Um, yeah, there's no confidence there, that's for sure. But uh, the guy's got, I don't know, 10,000 nuclear weapons. Hey, it only hey. takes a couple to fuck the whole thing up. Yeah, especially with those... He, like Mac was talking about megatons and we were talking about... Those uh, tactical nukes he has are like two kilotons. Right. They're way, way smaller than what we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. So, but that would be terrifying. And apparently one of their tactics is to, or supposedly is to detonate one of those things near uh, proximity to U.S. or to, uh, you know, allied forces, NATO forces, whatever you want to say, so that they see the, you know, the massive effect. And it, it's all about intimidation, you know, and so when you, that's how they say they would use it. That's their one of their tactics. Again, you know, then the 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 uh, the implication is the next one's going to land in your lap. But uh, but we have that stuff too, you know. And uh, I don't know. But this is, but this is a rough not, poker game. Yeah, we do not want to even come close to using it. I know, yeah. but I you know, but, if but, I can make got, one point, I got I got to I got to make this one point, and that is what Will just said about calibrating exactly where we are by the definitions of the international rules of war may be the most the smartest goddamn bit of advice I've heard anybody say in this entire this this entire uh, six or seven day evolution because that's exactly what we don't have is any type of clarity and I do believe that the only way that any credible threat on our part has clarity is with clarity well yeah because if you get specific about what's going on, one of the obvious COAs for our nation is to produce more fuel. That takes away a lot of the uh, a lot of the tension, you know, and a lot of the uh, the strength that uh, that r- the Russians have. But that's a philosophical anomaly that well, they will never go to for the people we got in power right now. Right. Let me ask you a question but though. How do we know? They want to keep it vague. How how do we? Which is what you should do, right? And 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 so knowing when you when you know where the line is. The next question is, okay, that's the line. We won't cross that. Who can we get to cross it, right? The whole idea of rendition, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't torture, but the Egyptians do, right? But that was just, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? But, but this is what, what I'm what, saying, Matt? but so who do we hire? Who do we get to do this, right? Uh, I, yeah, y- I hear it. You know, Mac, that's a good point. When you're talking about, we were trying to avoid international condemnation. Right. To Will's point, in this place, what we'd be trying to avoid is actual, 
you know, somebody pulling the trigger with a small nuke. Right. That's a little different, you know, uh, that's a little bit different type rope. I, I, I think it's, I, no, no, you're right. The stakes are obviously much higher. But but, right. but how do nation states behave when they when there is that line? You get somebody else right. to do it. All right, so who? who yeah, do- but Mac, what, what is, this is not uh, Hitler, right? Uh, this is not Hirohito. Um, what is our stake in Ukraine? Our stake in Ukraine is obviously zero. We proved that in 2014 over Crimea. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, do we want to get some front company, CIA, you know, through the Nigerian princes who fly something through the Seychelles, you know, and do an Oliver North thing that's got any kind of U.S. fingerprints on it? when we're talking nuclear weapons. Now, did we do that in Afghanistan when the Russians invaded? Yeah, there's a Cold War going on. We, we knew where the nuclear trigger were. We, you know, we were looking eye to eye and we had an, uh, an international ideological battle for the soul of the world. That's not what we got right now. And so- Okay, so let me ask you um, this. So, Will, so everybody announces all this aid to Ukraine. How does it get there Knowing that if you if you if you drive across the Polish Ukrainian border, you just committed an act of war. Wait, say it it sits on the border. Got it. That, and that's your whole cash. That's what, that's your, what I was talking about. Your cashing your cash and carry thing. Those redoubts. Yeah. Those redoubts are open ended to the border. So you can yeah. so that they could do that. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I would Jeff just submit to you. The, the the non-lethal aid, the humanitarian aid, right? Um, you set that up in one huge camp right on the border. Yeah, and put re- in the, a special customs house in the middle right. of it. Uh, you know, that'd be a nice uh, propaganda thing as well. Yeah, yeah, you got Doctors Without Borders in there. You got uh, all kind of other NGOs in there. You also have the place where you, you break out your uh, anti-tank weapons, and they have <laughs> and they're fortified. They're fortified. They're like the Germans call hedgehogs, but they're open ended to the border so that you can transit, you know, and, and the type of things would be transited would be like, uh, you know, like I said, the, the, the NGOs, you know, who, uh, you know, who, uh, you know, everybody likes to have in there because, you know, that, that takes a lot off a lot of logistics uh, issues for you, especially with Ukraine. I mean, right now, the uh, the attitude is we want to help these people, whether yeah. it's giving them uh sandwiches or whether it's giving them plat you know plasma people want to help right and, and again that's that's why i asked the question about respecting his nuclear capability because right. right i mean how do you not watch this and say fuck we got to do something right and you hear everybody say no fly zone and and you know and do, but it's like hey he's got nuclear weapons and you have to respect that and and if you don't i mean you're you're acting irresponsibly as a leader so, um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to know all the things you guys said are, are all right. But, you know, you're so you announce all this aid, you know, will it ever get Can there? I make one point about that, though? Yeah. I don't think the United States has any role to play in this right now at all. I mean, we're all talking about how we would get aid there. I don't think we're relevant. I, I would suspect having, you know, been on borders before in, in, in these in similar situations, 
the borders attract uh, attract guys that can get across the borders because <laughs> they make a lot of money, you know. So, so, you're so gonna, you're, there's going to be, the, I think, no no uh, uh, um, small amount of effort being put into getting these things across the border because people are going to make a lot of money doing exactly that. And and while they're doing things for uh, for the right reason too, but the one that's key uh, that makes this so goddamn unusual is um, we're not doing shit. And we don't even need how we're going to get our three thousand rockets across the border. I don't know, but I think any, I don't think anybody else is waiting for us to figure out shit because we don't seem to know much or or be doing much. And I'd like to think that in the background we're providing unbelievably in precise intelligence, allowing them to stay alive. And maybe ultimately that will prove to be the case that we were we were being good guys for once. But uh, I think the chances of that are slim. Yeah, get Victoria Newland and all those other geniuses. To tell the uh, Ukrainians, don't worry. There's no really, there's there's mass, dis- there's no weapons of mass destruction there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We don't have two. I don't. I don't have that much faith in our three, you know, three letter organ, uh, you know, organization. Oh, no, neither do I. You know, It'd be nice you know. to think that they're doing something positive, but we don't know. Right. 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 No, and and again, you just see this. Um, you know, do you see this? Uh, you see Zelensky on TV. This, you know, this morning, and you and you see, you know, the courage of the Ukrainian people, and and you know, fighting, you know, to be a free nation, and you know, and then we got to sit here and do shit, right? And I would say, Mac, be right. careful of the video. Oh no, I no, I'm I'm with think you. Think of but, those people in Hong Kong, right? Oh no, no, but again, think of the Tibetans. We're watching. You, you know, I think you said in very I'm short or <laughs> you said in very somebody said in very short order. Right. The world has been captivated by this. And you're seeing, you know, the Germans and the Japanese say things they've never said historically in in the entire, you know, their entire, what, 80 years at least since World War Two. And you're watching it going. And so I think that there's this natural urge, you know, as a free nation to help. But again, you have to understand the complexity of the nuclear part of this equation. And, And and Ukraine isn't in our interest. And as much as it's frustrating to sit there and watch, it 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 is the best course for American foreign policy, and it's and it's shitty to say that because you'd love to go all those all those vehicles lined up like that. Fuck, man, that oh, would be you beautiful could, you on fire. Fuck, are you kidding me? And, and I mean, they parked him like asshole to belly button, like it's an admin movement, like. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. struck me is like, the you know the the shots I saw was how, you know, and Will was talking about two hundred meter dispersion, you know, tactical movement. Yeah. I I used to call it dust cloud dispersion, right? Uh, when we were out in Twenty Nine Palms, you're you're outside the guy in front of you is dust, plus fifty meters, right? And that yeah. way we can we can move with speed and uh, and we're not going to you know kill each other and it's going to be significant dispersion. And I saw those vehicles yesterday, and I went, oh, my God, oh, my God, somebody cut loose a, a flight of something and just start smoking yeah. that shit. Um, yeah, I mean, deep, DPICM, man, fucking. <laughs> Could you imagine having that in your sights? Holy oh, even that, my God, you'd piss but, your pants, right? I'm telling you. <laughs> but, What's wrong? Then you, wonder about, you wonder about the Russians. Why aren't, I, I figured that the first thing they'd be doing, uh, you know, since they can't cover all the ground, they'd be shooting – Arty missions with FASGAM, you know, just to deny the uh, Ukrainians the ability to reinforce or get away, you know, and uh, there's none of that. There's none of that. 
So I, yeah. and I wonder about the competence of them top to bottom. Just from this last, you know, if this was a, if this was a CAX in, in 1986, they would have fired the baton commander, <laughs> you know? No, I mean, again, you just wish you, you, you wish you could know so much more to make sense of some of this stuff and what is really going on. Cause you get little snippets of this, like, like that report of Russian Marines said they would, they would not go. Like, Hey Mac. Yes. We should we should explain what DPICM is yeah. and FASCAM. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Jeffrey. I'm okay, normally fast... I'm normally on that ship, but I just I was oh, no. I was oh, so no. excited at the thought of smoking that fucking column that I oh, I forgot my responsibility as a moderator. You get your mortars in on that one. No. My relatives because nice. my relatives are asking, what is this and what is that? But uh, yeah, FASCAM is a family of scatterable mines that is shot out of artillery pieces, and uh, so you can shoot it. Uh, in the middle of an enemy column, and it basically would, would keep them from being able to move. Or, you know, at the most basic form, you shoot it in an area you can't cover physically, and it impedes enemy movement towards you, or if you want them to not be able to get away. And DPICM is artillery, is an explosive ordinance that explodes at a certain point over the, uh, over the surface, and then uh, uh, smaller munitions come down and actually explode like huge hand grenades uh, and it's very devastating because it, it comes from the top down which most armored vehicles and uh and anything it was is most vulnerable on the top so also called um what's the other word for uh for dps Whoop ass. <laughs> Whoop ass. no what is it called cluster cluster cluster, 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 cluster bomb right. yeah, there, there you go the um Um, Grant made a comment about this earlier. Um, and again, whether this is information operations or what, I'm not sure. The Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church has received information that Russian troops are preparing an airstrike on the most important temple of the Ukrainian people since the days of Kivian Rus, St. Sophia Cathedral in Kiev. That's according to European Pravda. Um, Canada has announced it will close its ports to Russian ships, so uh, so it continues. All right, uh, final thought today, uh, and uh, what are you looking for in the next uh, 24 hours, Timmy? See how they're doing in Kiev. If uh, it does not appear like they're doing well in Kiev, it appears that they're concentrating their forces in an attempt to do well. Uh, they keep on letting out uh, a footage of those DPA... DPICM strikes on uh, on governmental buildings, which I do believe is that one very popular one that you saw that, uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was clearly DPICM raining down. Looks like a dentist parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It, but if as, as long as footage keeps on coming out of that yeah, and, the, right. and the Russians keep on being stymied, um, the, like I said, the longer this goes on, the, the, the limited the off-ramps for Putin become and is in I'm telling you, he's he risks being forcibly ejected from that country, and then who knows what the hell's going to happen. Hopefully, he won't be around when that happens, but we'll have to see how that works out. I guess that's up to the Russians. Got it, Jeff. Uh, next 24 hours, what are you looking for? You know the thing that uh, that we mentioned uh, about the uh, about uh, the the actual reducing attack, like Grozny. Looking for a manifestation of that 
either in uh, you know Kharkov or uh, in uh, in the Kiev environs. Got it. That uh, you know, I see that you know that's what I'm, and then hopefully, uh, if you know, failing that, I mean, I hope that it does fail, and I hope the reason it fails is because there's some kind of Ukrainian spoiling thing, other than just sitting there and fighting back. Right. They actually do come from a spoiling attack. Right. Right. Um, well, next twenty four hours, what are you looking for? Well, I I think the State of the Union speech is tonight, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it so is. So I haven't. I haven't watched the Zelensky thing to the uh, EU Parliament, but imagine the contrast we're going to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think that, you know, the president's speechwriters typically they put that speech out. I want to say on like Thursday or Friday last week, internally because it's got to get chopped, um, you know, through all the different agencies, and so it's it's going to be pretty set. But I think based on that performance by Zelensky, they may have to do some modification. Um, and I say, I just, I scrolled my LinkedIn and, um, you know, LinkedIn is weird, but 25% uh, of the stuff in my feed had Ukrainian stuff in it. Wow. It's bizarre. Again. I heard I heard there's a leak saying that uh, corn pop is going to be in the audience as one of the president's guests. Uh, ah. I, I just I just say though, 25 percent of the stuff that people are talking about on LinkedIn, right? The pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong didn't get that. Yeah. The yeah. Uyghurs don't get that. Yeah. You know, the South Sudanese don't get that. Uh, the Nigerian Christians don't get that. Uh, the Syrian Christians don't. It's just, it's weird how this has taken a hold of people um, to a place yeah. that what percent of Americans, given a map, could I identify uh, Ukraine a month ago, and how many could name two cities in the country? It's, it's weird to me. So, well, and even, even to your point about video, how many could do it right now? I mean, they're watching the yeah. video. They 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 know what Ukraine means on TV, but I mean, could they look at them? Could they look at a map now and tell you? Uh, I I think the answer to that would be would be very very disappointing. You know, that's a tribute to it's a tribute to forty years of teachers unions right there. Uh, well, you know, and it's just stupid because you know. You know, you, you can get out Google Earth and you can you can look at I mean, I, I, I you know, we used to we used to read history with these bullshit, you know, black and white maps in books. And then be like, yeah. you know, these flat you'd see the river. And I remember, in fact, I have it in my garage where I'm sitting right now in my studio. I bought a map in, in 1985, 86. And it was essentially one of those wallpaper things. You, and I remember seeing it when I was flying someplace. Uh, what was the name of the magazine they had that had all the like cool shit in it uh, on on airplanes? National Geographic. No, 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 no. It, it would be it would be in the in the in the in the thing in front of you, and it had all these cool gifts. There was a, a, a sharper image. It was something like that, right? But it, they had this wall wallpaper of, and it was a terrain map of the world. 
It was a topographical terrain map. And I thought, I need to get that because you can't find that shit. Like, you, you can find political maps. But, I mean, to find a, 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 and I was reading a lot about the Russian front, I can't find a topical map of, you know, of Russia. Let, you know, I mean, you can find, you know, and you know how we used to go and book, just, you, you all don't know this, but if you wanted to see us get into a high state of lather, go buy a used bookstore that had a large section of used military history books. Yeah. Oh my God. We'd go in there for hours, right? And um, so I bought this map and I, you know, I, and I still have the pins I bought for it. Um, so I could understand history better. And all of a sudden when you see history in three dimensions, like we were talking about the Perpet Marshes yesterday, right? And and where Slomansk and Dietbach are and Guderian having to go through there because of what the rivers did and the marshes did and why there were such huge fights there. You know, in a black and white map, it doesn't mean shit, right? And, but all of a sudden it becomes three-dimensional and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Now I understand it. And so to think that you have those vehicles and <laughs> And you still can't understand shit about history is, as I agree, pretty disappointing. <laughs> pretty disappointing. Yeah. Well, so. at, you know, to, to that get point, to Google Earth, first you got to turn off TikTok. So uh, the odds of 90% of Americans <laughs> doing that, zero. What but, you know, to your point, to your point, Mac, 10% uh, of the Carpathian Mountains are in Ukraine. So that's some terrain that's pretty, you know, daunting. Yeah. And so, I think that's that donut, the donuts area, all that right. stuff that's at play, you know. Right. The um, in the next twenty four hours, I, you know, I'm kind of with Jeff. I'm 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 really curious to see uh, indications of 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 two things: one Russian, one Ukrainian. Uh, they're targeting. Will they use precision guided munitions in their attacks on communication infrastructure so they can begin to shut down the stuff, uh, or at least attempt to? And and then, or will they use you know dumb bomb fire for effects in population areas, and then on the Ukrainian side, I'm still um, you know hopeful that they can find a way, right, to mass up, find an exposed unit, and just hammer the living shit out of it. Um, uh, in some, and again, whether they they I don't know if they still have drones that they can get, you know, and um, you know because they still have mortars and, you know, and, and, uh, and that they could just hammer the shit out of the Russians when they, when they mass in an undisciplined way. And that's what, to me, that, that you saw those vehicles all stacked up together. It's like, oh my God, if you could come over a ridgeline and see that, you know, with a company of LAVs, you would light that shit up forever. I mean, it, you know, so anyway, so I, I, those are the two things I'm, you know, can the, can the Ukrainians do anything with drones and indirect fire, you know, just to deliver a message saying, hey, we're still here, boys and girls, and we're not going anywhere. And are the Russians going to, are they going to go Grozny and, and indications that they're, they're about to do that. So, so I think that's interesting. And then I just saw a report that said the first city, Ukrainian city um, has fallen, according to news reports. Um, I sent you guys a link that my son Patrick sent me that, that he follows on Reddit, and it's pretty good. This is a guy who reports on Fox News. His name's Lucas Tomlinson. Russian, right. Russian forces appear to have captured their first major city in Ukraine, Berdinsk. 
B-E-R-D-I-N-S-K, located in the southeastern uh, part of the country along the Sea of Azov, according to a U.S. official. So, anyway. So, anyway. All right, boys. Um, thank you very much for the visit today and, uh, and the conversation. Jeff, again, once again, uh, happy uh, birthday to your mom. Hope you guys have a great day. And, Will, enjoy the sunshine in, uh, in Kansas. And uh, we'll figure out if we can do this again tomorrow. Hey, can All I right. say one thing? Of course. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Hey, Jackie and Al Stearns, if you're listening, uh, thanks for listening, and, and I love you, and uh, good luck. <laughs> Did you just my say? Mom's best, it's my mom's best friend. Did you just say I loved you? Did you just say I loved yeah. you? No, I didn't even know yes. you knew those words. I had to look them up. <laughs> but I got them. <laughs> See, that's me being a good friend, right? That's allowing, thanks. teeing it up for Jeff so he could save his pride right there. The, yeah. uh, uh, the no no happy birthday to your mom Joe. Okay thanks. All right. Thank you all. Yep. See you guys. Yep. See ya. Yep. yep. Bye bye. Interesting times that uh, that we live. Yeah, you know Google Earth. If you're a reader, I mean, come on, that stuff's the best, absolute best. If you want to understand military history, and now you can sit there with a book and. You know, you essentially, you can watch it unfold. You could fly to the intersection. How crazy is that, you know? Yeah, and I'm sitting here looking at my map. I mean, it's got rips in it now, but it's still pretty much intact. I've taped it every time I've ripped it. So it's got a lot of duct tape on the back of it. And it survived, I don't know how many moves in the Marine Corps, right? And been up in a lot of garages from San Diego where I bought it uh, to North Dakota and now back here to Southern California. Quantico. Yeah, it's got a little uh, got a little expeditionary time, and it always comes out. The wallpaper they use to make it. Hold on, let me. Here's an email. How big is that map? It covers a wall, right? So I don't know, ten feet by ten feet tall by thirty feet wide of the world. Yeah, it was awesome. And so when I'd read history, I'd come and sit in front of the map, so I could understand it. So I could understand it. So, anyway. All right. That'll do it for today. Grozny. Hmm. Will the Russians um, do that? So. And now that, you know, the Ukrainians have adjusted to, okay, we've been invaded. Okay, they've had some success, but we've been hammering on them. Will they use this operational pause to get their feet back underneath them and then continue to lay the wood to the Russians? So, and who gets to a tipping point first? And we're going to watch it. So, anyway, thanks for listening today. Um, I'll put links to to the maps I've, I've talked about today up, and you can check them out. And I'll also put this the link to the... Uh, the news feed. I, I, I'm, let me just look and see if I. It, it's in the post I put up yesterday. Because I did some in that post. Yes, if you go to yesterday's post, it's a blue uh, version. And actually has me with my two sons. Yeah. John and Patrick. At the National Museum of the Marine Corps the day Patrick got commissioned. All of us on active duty. Yeah, one of the proudest days of my life. Yep. Um, anyway, 
Um, it has the New York Times map. It has a BBC live feed and the Reddit feed, which my son Patrick told me about. And uh, that is pretty good. You know, it's just a news aggregator service that, uh, that pulls stuff off Twitter and, and whatnot and Reddit and, you know, consolidates it and whatnot. So anyway, and there's one more I found from the United Kingdom uh, from their military that I really like, right? It's the UK Defense Intelligence, um, whatever. There's a, uh, there's a there's pretty detailed map, right? So anyway, on that note, have a great day. I'm Mike McNamara, the Salmarine Radio. This is a thing we call the open source ops intel. So we kind of, uh, you know, just pull the stuff out that we, that catches our eye, that breaks squelch for us, kind of paint a little picture last 24 hours, and then um, talk about the things that we know about. And, uh, and again, just because you have a city surrounded, right? Arguably, that's the easy part. And that's not that easy. Uh, now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And and again, so the Russians, as they quote unquote surround the city, do you go into defensive positions? Because if you're not moving, all of a sudden you're going to be a target for their mortars and indirect fire weapons, right? Which costs you lives, which is demoralizing. So you got to keep moving, or you go into defensive positions and you know you begin the quote unquote siege. Kiev so so again um, God bless you know the Ukrainian people God bless their military and um, I hope um, the free nations of the world do everything in their power everything even if it, if it includes get, uh, ass pain here at home you know short of crossing that line because again you have to respect his nuclear weapons that is not something that we want to per- precipitate but we should do everything within our power up to that line that a free nation can do. And if all our allies do that, then maybe we send a message to somebody inside of Russia that says, this guy needs to go. This is too much. And keep our fingers crossed and hope the Ukrainian people can hold out until that happens or until their forces begin to defeat the Russians. So, um, yeah, keep our fingers crossed. God bless them. On that note, uh, you're going to have to wait a second till I finish this, and then we'll uh, I'll flip it back up, and you'll hear Grant Newsham sharing some of his thoughts. And then uh, if you're just tuning in, you'll hear the Mensa Brothers. And if you give me about 30 minutes, I'll have this flipped up to the um, to the website, and you'll be able to listen to it, all of it at your leisure. So on this first day of March, have a great day. I'm Mike McNamara. I'm out.